feel and sense the presence of the Lord this morning. We believe God wants to do something on this very special day. January 1st, the first day of the new year. Praise the Lord. I'm going to ask you to open up in your Bibles to Genesis 8. I'm going to just switch things up a little bit this morning. I sense the presence and the anointing of God's Spirit. And I believe God wants to speak something definite, something definitive, something, uh, just a word of wisdom to you this morning, something that will help you. Praise the Lord. If you would open up in your Bibles, please, if you have a hard copy, that's, I believe, the, the least distracting. Amen. I know some of you with your iPhones, you get tempted to go on Facebook, you get tempted to go on social media, you get tempted to write other notes for other things. So, so can we stay focused in Jesus' name? Turn to the person next to you, say, stay focused. Amen, amen. I believe the Lord has a word for us this morning. Hallelujah. I had prepared a message in line with and in keeping with preparing us for a season of prayer and fasting. You know, we're going to be setting aside, not days, we're going to consecrate a time of prayer and fasting for our church, for us individually, and for all that concerns us. And I had prepared a message and struggling yesterday in prayer as I'm preparing and working on it. And uh, if, you, if you've ever spoken, if you've ever taught a lesson or ever preached a message, you could understand sometimes the struggle that goes on. It's not easy. Someone went at, once asked me, how long do you spend preparing your message? Or how long does your message uh, take to prepare? I said, well, about 30 years. And what I... When meant or what I went on to explain was that uh, your message really is, is, is a culmination of years of prayer and Bible study and, and life lessons and learning and growing and maturing. Uh, but, but let me give you the, the practical answer. Uh, usually I spend anywhere from six hours, give or take an hour or two, four, six, eight hours to prepare a message. And so I'm struggling, and then this morning, I get up, and um, I appreciate, how many appreciated the extra hour? How many had no clue that you had an extra hour? Well, we did have some that came here early, uh, uh, thinking church started at 10. But anyway, um, you know, in, in one hour, the Lord quickened a thought to me and gave me a message. In one hour, and, and so I really believe it was inspiration. I really believe the Holy Spirit was speaking not only to me, but he wants to speak to you. And I've entitled my message, Turning the Seasons. Discerning the Seasons. And as I was reading this morning, I started in my Through the Bible Bible, I thank God for a, such a good tool, a, a strategic tool, taking 15, 20 minutes a day to read the most important book that was ever written, the revelation of God Almighty to people. More important than what your friend had for dinner last night. More important than anything that you could hear or read or see on Good Morning America. 
the eternal word of God, to read God's word. And so as I began to read, just encouragement came to me as I'm just reading Genesis chapter 1 and Genesis chapter 2, starting the Bible all over. And the thought that came to me, the encouragement that came to my soul was that God has set certain principles in motion, certain governing principles for his kingdom and for his world that applies to you and I today. And I was just encouraged by the thought that there was seed time and harvest, that there was a planting and a sowing and a reaping and a harvest that God had set in motion in Genesis 1 and 2, the beginning of creation, that he set in motion certain truths that apply in the natural, but they also apply in the spiritual. Genesis 8, although I didn't read that, this is the verse that came to me because I'm not there yet. I'll get there in a few days. My Bible reading, Genesis 8.22, this is God speaking to Noah. He said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Discerning the seasons, you have to understand something. Change in our lives or in the lives of people might happen, might seem very sudden. In one day, Joseph can be in an, in an Egyptian prison for a crime he never committed. The next day, he can be the prime minister and the second in command to Pharaoh over the greatest nation on the planet of the earth at that time. In one day, Abram can be fatherless. The next day, Almighty God can change his name to Abraham and he becomes the father of many nations. In one day, David is on the run from Saul, fearing for his life. And the next day, he's sitting on the throne of Israel as the king of Israel. One day, Saul of Tarsus is trying to destroy the newly formed church of Jesus Christ by arresting, imprisoning, and in some cases, kill, some cases killing the new believers. The next day, he is the Apostle Paul standing before kings, defending the faith he once tried to destroy. We call God the God of the suddenlies. And I love that. I love that thought, I love that concept, I love that aspect of faith that God is the God of the suddenlies. Suddenly, in a moment, in a moment's time, in a day, God can change everything. In a moment's time, God can speak a word and fulfill that word and things change and it's so awesome and it's so amazing. But you know what I found out in life and in ministry? my personal experience, that it takes God a long time to work suddenly. Hello? It takes God a long time to work suddenly. You see, we love the God of the suddenlies we want God to work immediately. We want God to work on our time. We want God to fulfill his word, to answer our prayer. We want it suddenly. But I have learned in life that God is as much at work in our 
experience even when we don't see it. He's a God of the suddenlies, but he's working behind the scenes. He's working in ways we don't know. And, and we, we sing that song, even when I don't see it, you're working. Hallelujah. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop working. You never stop working. God, you're a way maker. God is a way maker. God is a God of the suddenlies. You see, we have to understand. We have to discern the seasons of life the seasons of our experience. You see, God is always behind the scenes. God is always preparing and readying the blessing, the provision, the breakthrough. He's, already, he's always readying it and preparing it, but he's also readying us and preparing us for the blessing. How many of you know if God gave you what you wanted in your time frame, you become a spiritual spoiled brat? If you and I got what we wanted, even the good things, even what we believed for, many of the times we couldn't handle them. God knows the times and the seasons for your life. God knows when to give us what we need, what we need when we need it, not when we want it. You know, I love being a grandparent now. I get to spoil my grandchildren like I wouldn't spoil my kids. During Christmas Eve, I was able to give my grandson, who's 10 months old. Now, don't, 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 don't lose your salvation over this. Don't think I'm a, grand, great, a bad grandparent. But I, I gave him a couple of sips of some soda. <laughs> some bubbly. Some ginger ale. Now, I don't drink soda. I, I really don't. You'll never see me drink soda except for the holidays. I'll have a little ginger ale. With nothing added. Don't look at me like that. I'm not like some of you. I'm not a sipping saint. Thank God I'm not. Because if I was during some crisis in my life, I would have did more than sipping. Hello? Just want to make sure you're awake this morning. Hallelujah. And so I gave my grandson this bubble. Oh, and don't you think he loved it? Ten months old, his eyes lit up and he wanted more. Now, I only gave him a very little bit in case you think I'm a bad grandparent. But my, my daughter looks at me. My kids look at me. They know, they, they, Dad, you wouldn't give me that until I was 12 years old. Well, it's a different season. Hallelujah. Get a chance to make up for some of our mistakes. My, my daughter sent me a little, little meme of uh, some said, Grandparents, uh, when they become grandparents, they lose all their sense. All of a sudden, they got M McDonald's money. Because they know we didn't, when, when we went, when we took them, it was only a few items on the dollar menu. Forget it, my grandson, my granddaughter, we're not taking them to McDonald's. We're taking them to Capitol Grill, hallelujah. Order it up. Different seasons. <laughs> but God is a way maker. You might say this morning we're January 1st, 2023. And you might say, I don't see it yet. I don't feel it yet. I haven't experienced it yet. But you have to understand a principle. You have to Hear this truth, a promise that God made. I want you to get this revelation this morning. 
Genesis 8:22 while the earth remains there will be seed time and harvest there will be cold and heat winter and summer day and night god wasn't just talking about the ge- ge- uh, geological seasons he wasn't talking about uh, the weather sh- channel he wasn't talking about just, we know day and night, we know cold and wind, we know those things, but he was talking about a principle spiritually. As long as the earth exists, there will be seasons in life. The key we have to come to, or the key understanding is we have to come to discernment. See, it's a truth in nature, but it's a revelation in our spiritual lives. There will be seasons in the natural And they are to be reminders, they are to be prophetic signs that what is going on in the natural goes on in the spiritual. I don't know if you're getting this this morning, but there are principles in the spirit realm and in our spiritual life. You see, God has enacted certain eternal principles regarding life. The wise King Solomon had this revelation When he wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he said, there is an appointed time. Or can I say, there is an appointed season for everything. Come on, say it with me. There's a season for everything. There is a time for every event under heaven. There is a time to give birth and there's a time to die. There's a time to plant and there's a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. Can I say there's a season to weep and there's a season to laugh. Hallelujah. There's a season to mourn and there's a season to dance. There's a season to throw stones and there's a season to gather them. There's a time to embrace and there's a time to shun embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost. A time to keep and a time to throw away. That's called purging in your house. Some of you are going to do it next week. A time to tear apart and a time to sew together. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and there's a time for peace. But you've got to read on. You've got to read on in the word. Verse 11. Get this. Hear this. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Isn't that a good word? He, God Almighty, has made everything beautiful, not in your time, not in my time, but in his time. He's made all things beautiful. See, we've got to discern the seasons of life. In order to fully experience God's peace throughout the many storms of life, the man or the woman of God must learn to discern, accept, and appreciate the perfect timing of God. God accomplishes his will in each of our lives in his perfect timing. We need to learn how to adapt to God's timing. It's essential to avoid the feelings of despair and outright, outright rebellion. If we don't discern the times and the seasons, we can get in a, in a bad space. Instead of submitting to God's perfect timing, we could begin to try to help God out. Hello? Do you remember Abraham in the Old Testament? Come on, look at me right now. 
Abraham had a word from God that you will be the father of many generations. And he was 90, he was 90 years old. Actually, he was 75 years old. And he still hadn't had a child. His wife was 10 years younger, 65, a little old for childbearing. But God gave him a word. But decades passed, years passed. It wasn't happening. Come on, you got to understand this. This is life. This is ministry. When things don't happen in God's timing or in, in, in our timing, we get frustrated. We go out and do our own thing. We try to make things happen. We try to do things our way. And what did Abraham do? He had an Ishmael. And he tried to help God out. God promised him. He was going to be a father, and he's getting up there in age. He's 90 years old now. Wow. And so what does he do? In his own flesh, in his own ideas, in his own wisdom, he says, I'm going to make this happen. And how many times in life and in ministry and in families and in situations, we don't wait the timing of God. We go run ahead of God, and we try to help God, and we get off course, and we miss the mark, and then we get mad at God. You see, you see, God is not in a hurry. We have been so conditioned by our culture. God help us. So conditioned that, that even in ministry, we want, we want fame in 15 minutes. We want it as fast as we can TikTok. We want it as fast as we can get it. And some preachers and some ministries, they, they go off track and they get in the flesh and then they do things. And how many of you know, even in the ministry, even in the church, there are certain principles, if you put them into practice, you can grow a church, but it might be of the flesh. Oh, it's too much of a sermon. But don't worry about your preacher. You're not going to see him on sneakers and preachers. Some of you are going to Google that right now and find out what it is. It's a website that some man created to follow all the big-time preachers and even some of the small-time preachers who want to spend $1,500 on sneakers. I like sneakers, but I haven't spent more than 100 ever. God help us. God help us. The things that go on, I can't get in. That's a whole other sermon. Okay, let me move on. Let me move on. How many of you are still with me this morning? There are different seasons in life. My, my wife's first CD, we, we were, God opened the door. We were blessed to go to, to Nashville, Tennessee, the, the music capital of the world, and record her first CD. And, and in this CD, there were different songs. And, and as we prayed about it, as we thought about it, we entitled the, the, the CD, Different Seasons, Different Songs. And that, that spoke volumes, maybe not to you, but to us, because we realized in life and in ministry, there are different seasons and there are different songs. What do we mean by that? There are some seasons where there's brokenness, where there's weeping, where there's heartache, and there are some seasons where there's joy and there's peace and there's breakthrough. But the reality of it is, in all of our lives, there are different seasons and there are different songs. Sometimes you sing a song and it, it's a song of brokenness. It's a song of grief. It's a song like David, God, why, where he speaks to his own soul and says, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Why are you so hurting and so broken? And then he continues to speak to himself. And there's a shift in the psalm and he begins to say, But, but Lord, God, I will hope in you. 
you, I will hope in you. My hope is in you. I will praise you again. I will worship you again. I might be in a season right now that's difficult. It's restricted. It's restrictive. But God, you're bringing me out into a broad place. You're going to do what you promised. You're going to fulfill your word. How many of you are still with me this morning? You see, think of the seasons of life. Think of the winter and the natural. What is winter? There are cold days and there are short, short days and the nights are long. December 21st is the, is the shortest day on the calendar. It's the longest night of the year. The sun, the sun sets the earliest and after December 1st, I got good news. We're already gaining time. Already the daylight is going to get longer and longer until June, June 21st, and then the same cycle will start. The days will get shorter. But think of summer. Think, think of the warmth and the sunshine. The summer, there's, there's longer days, there's picnics, there's beach, there's pool, there's outdoor activities, there's, there's Pastor Richard and Pastor Lisa with the gangster lean and, and a convertible uh, um, Mustang. Digging the scene. <laughs> you got to be a little old to remember that song. But keep in mind, in all of life, if all we had was sunshine and no rain, what would you end up with? A desert. A wasteland. If all of life was rain and clouds and storms, what would you have? You'd have a swampland. But God has set the seasons in motion so that there is a change. There is seed time, but praise God, there's harvest. I want you to understand something this morning. There's not one seed you have sown, not one sacrifice you have made that God Almighty has not recounted it or accounted for it in heaven, and you will reap in harvest time. Come on, somebody say amen. I don't know when your harvest time is, but I know God has it on his calendar. In one of the Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 120-something, the Bible says it is set time to favor Jerusalem. It is set time to favor Zion. What does that mean? You, 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 when you cook at home, men, women, when you cook, what happens? You put the timer on. And what does that timer do? It count down, counts down to the time for when the food is prepared or when the food is ready. And it's a set time. God has on his calendar a set time to favor you. Oh, I thought you'd give me a better amen than that. There is a set time. You see, in our spiritual life, we need to understand that. We need to discern the seasons. Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, he says, I've learned the secret of contentment. Whatever state or whatever condition, or can I say, whatever season, I am in. I have learned how to, what is contentment? It's being at peace where you're at right now. Do you know some people, we live in a culture that, that creates a, a lack of contentment. Why? They have to do it to keep selling you stuff. It's all in the marketing. They have to keep making you and I discontent. As soon as we get the new thing, the latest thing, this thing is old. 
we got to get 12, 13, 14. There will be 15 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20. Why? Because of commerce. Because of making money. All of the commercials. Do you see one commercial that tells you, please, you don't need to buy this. You already got 20 of these at home. Do you ever see a commercial that says, keep your three-year-old car, keep your five-year-old car? No, you have to have the newest and the latest, all of culture. How many of you are still with me? It's all ingrained in, 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 in our culture and in our world, and it's all part of the works of the flesh. Paul said it, I've learned to be content. He said, I learned how to be a base. That means I'm down, I'm in prison, I'm in a difficult place, but you know what? I'm content. I know how to be abased. I mean, I know how to abound. I know how to have freedom and, and liberty and blessing. And he says, whatever, whatever condition, whatever state, whatever, if I can say it this way, and I believe it's biblical, whatever season I'm in. Oh, Lord, help me this morning. See, because we never, we always struggle with this. We struggle with it when, when, we're, when we're single. We cannot wait to get married. I've talked to some young people, and, and, and they tell me they're in their late 20s, and they say, I'm getting old, Pastor. <laughs> I wish I was in my late 20s. <laughs> We can't wait to get married and then we get married and we realize that dream that we, we had of that person, how handsome and beautiful and perfect and all, but then we're married and we're in the same house using the same sink and... And, and they might be, you know, it was, it was fun when you were dating. They were, a, they were a night owl. You like to go to bed early. But when you get married, that messes you up. Go to bed. You're making too much noise. We can't wait to get married. And then we're married and it's like, okay, you know what? Now if I have children, I'll be fulfilled. Then we have children then life changes, and they're so cute, you know. People keep telling me, now my grandson, he's so such a joy to be with. They said, wait till he starts walking. I said, let me enjoy this. <laughs> it's going to be all over. Then we've got to change everything in our house again, make it kid-friendly, stop putting those things on the, you know, the, the, the cabinets, the little locks. And, and, and my wife, we have, a, we have a little sunken in area in our house and we have tile. My wife wants to put, a, put something to cushion, you know, because it's very sharp. She wants me to put, she's saying, can't we use those, what are those things in the pool? The pool noodle. I said, well, house is going to look like McDonald's. <laughs> Stop putting pool noodles. That's going to look real like, you know, HGTV. The seasons of life, but you know what I realized? We, you know, I, I wish, I think we all have regrets that we enjoyed some seasons in life instead of wishing for the next one. How many of you are still with me? And I mean even spiritually, even in ministry, sometimes we're longing for things just because of ego or pride. We just got to be content and thankful for where I am today. 
I, I keep reminding myself of what someone told me a few weeks ago when I was a little downcast. They asked me how I'm doing. I said, oh, I'm doing okay. They said, no, you're doing great. I want you to adopt that this week. Somebody asked you how you're doing. You're doing great. You're great. You're blessed. You're a child of God. When I'm down, I'm blessed. When I'm up, I'm blessed. I'm a child of God. You see, discontent in our lives results in patterns of turning from God, lying, hiding sin. You see, Paul discerned the seasons and he learned contentment. But listen, you've got to discern the seasons so you don't compare yourself with other people. This is a big one. You've got to hear this. We all struggle with this in different ways and different expressions of our life. The Bible says those who compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Why? Because when you compare yourself, either pride will come in or insecurity will come in. You see, when you fail to understand the seasons of life, you might be looking at someone else and they're in a season of harvest and you're in a season of sowing. It's a different season. You're looking at them and they're blessed and they're receiving and their ministry's growing and their family's being blessed and their kids are doing great. Everything's good. But they're in a season of harvest. You don't know how they sowed. You don't know the tears they shed. You don't know the, the pain that is in their offering. But when we compare ourselves, we, 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 we get messed up because we're in a different season. I'm sowing. You're reaping. You might be reaping and you're looking at me and you've got a harvest and you're saying, what about you? You're, they don't know I'm in a season of sowing. Come on, it's different for everyone. But God Almighty keeps good records. You are not my judge. I am not your judge. You are not dispensing blessings to me. God Almighty will bless me. You've got to understand the seasons of life, of sowing. And God, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, that every good thing anyone will do, the same he will receive from the Lord. I don't know if you're getting this this morning. You might be getting messed up because you're looking at the wrong things. You've got to look at the principle of God and say, God, I'm not comparing myself with another church, with another ministry. Listen, the grass is always greener on the other side. But you don't know how much they pay the landscaper. You don't know their water bill. You don't know, how, or you don't know what they deal with. I love what T.D. Jakes once said. He said, if I ever wanted to destroy one of my enemies, you know what I'd do? I'd give them the keys to my ministry. Because they couldn't handle it. It would destroy them. Don't you wish for somebody else's blessing. You be content and know that God will favor you at your set time. Turn to the person next to you and say, God will favor you at your set time. I want to encourage you as I bring this to a close. Our service is not over. We have announcements, offering. We have uh, a holy communion we're going to partake of. But I want you to understand something as I bring this to a close. Make the most of every season of your life. You're sowing. You don't see anything in the natural. But spiritually we know that there will be a harvest. Galatians chapter 6 says, He who sows to the Spirit 
will will of the spirit reap everlasting life. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. Be not weary in doing good. For in due season you will reap if you faint not. In due season, I look back at the ministry, times I was discouraged in our first building. If I quit, we wouldn't have got into our second building. Times in the second building where I was discouraged and want to quit. If I quitted, we wouldn't not be in our third building. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know God knows what the future holds. And God is faithful to his word as we're faithful to exercise the principles that he has given in his word. Can you say amen? Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, the Bible says God is not unjust. He is not unjust to forget how you minister to his name and that you minister to his people. God knows whatever you are doing. We're just waiting for God to change the seasons. Personally, God placed a vision in my my heart to travel to Africa to be a blessing to pastors and churches there. As a young minister, God placed it in my heart. And there were years and years where I saw others go to Africa. I saw others in ministry do certain things. But you know what? For almost 10 years, I did not go once to Africa. And then God began to open the door. God began to give me a season of fruitfulness. And, and, and my wife, at one point, she was always content to pack my bags, to make the arrangements, to do whatever, to see that I got on the plane. I'm so glad I'm convinced in her love for me because many times she was ready for me to go. <laughs> but now, but now my wife and I have op- have open doors to travel to Africa on a regular basis. Matter of fact, we pray with wisdom and discernment on which ones to take because we can't take them all. I want Lisa to just come quickly. Uh, we were praying this morning and she reminded me of something. A matter, matter of fact, it came out of the Bible that she had, a new Bible she was going to use in reading through the Bible. So this was... Uh... in March of 2000, so we're coming up on 23 years, and it was written on two little pieces of paper. Many of you remember Myra. She just loved and, and people and loved God and prayed and hand-wrote letters to missionaries really right up until she died. Um, I believe she might have been 90, but she wrote this to me, and I did not really fully understand it then, but I'm going to read it to you and make a couple of comments. While in prayer at the altar, I saw Lisa, and the Holy Spirit said, I'm stopping the ministry she is in now, and I saw a microphone in her mouth. The Lord said, she shall speak loud and clear in my spirit. I said, I don't understand. This is Myra in the dream saying back to the Lord, I don't understand. He said, it is not for you to understand. It's for Lisa. A microphone personifies and carries here and around the world. That was 2010, 2023 years ago. Since then, I have seen God do things in my life and, and, and use my life in ways. Some I was 
thinking maybe he would, and some are very far from what I was thinking who would. Sometimes we have dreams of what God is going to do, and he brings those to pass, but he also does things in our lives that we could never even hope or think about, but he does those things. And when my husband would travel to Africa, I, I was you know, very happy to have him go, and he was most of the time traveling with Barnabas Ministries, Dr. Wins. And then one year in 2013, Dr. Wins asked me to go. Now, I would always say to people, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I stay home, take care of the kids, help with the church. I'm fine. Oh, you know, when the kids are older, you'll go. And I'm like, no, it's really not my thing. So when Dr. Wins asked me, will you go to Kenya, the word yes came out of my mouth without even thinking. And the Lord changed my heart right like that. And I went and my life was changed. We've since been back to, Bur uh, to Burundi. My life was changed. Now Liberia, we're going back to Liberia. We have other invitations from Africa, different, different countries in Africa. We're kind of waiting and praying on that. So I say that to say, when God begins to tell you, so I, I took this note and I didn't get my head puffed up. I didn't know what that meant. But even thinking about a microphone in the spiritual uh, realm, God was telling her that this microphone I would speak into around the world. I never thought that would happen. I never asked for it to happen. Now I cannot imagine my life without that happening. And my ministry has changed. I always sang, and now God is using me to minister. There was no women of Judah. There was no Judah Conference Africa. There were none of those things. Invitations that began to come through the winds, through Jeannie winds, through you know, traveling with her. And, and she saw something in me. And I want to say something quickly about that. She saw something in me. Dr. Wynn saw something in my husband. And because of that, they poured into us. And out of that, there's been fruit from that in our lives. I want to tell you, there are people sitting in this congregation. Maybe you're watching live stream. I'm not sure who's watching. But my husband and I, God has gifted your leaders with the ability to see something. Part of our job is to pull that out of you. And some of you know that we're doing that right now. And so God put people in our life to pull things out of us. God is placing leaders in your lives. If I pointed you out today, you would say, yes, I know you're talking about me because I know some of you are in this room that we are trying to pull things out of. It's because we see more things that God wants to do in your life. So when God speaks something, tuck it away in your Bible. I still have these two little pieces of paper in my Bible. Tuck those things away, and you will be amazed that you will see what God is going to do in your life through those, through those words and promises. Amen, amen. And, and we share that with you this morning. I won't have a, a, a show of hands, but I believe many of you have received a word from God, a prophetic word, a scripture, a promise, and you're wondering when. God has a season. God has a time. Our responsibility is to be faithful to God in the different seasons of life. And that's not easy. Anybody can be faithful and exciting when everybody's shouting your praise and everybody's joining with you and everybody's encouraging you. But when they shift from shouting your praise to shouting crucify you, crucify you, will you still go on? Amen. Will you still stand strong in the Lord? I want to encourage you this morning to remember the words that God has given you and to realize in 2023 just because we turned the calendar, just because it's January 1st, just because you came to church on New Year's Eve, just because you came on Sunday morning does not mean automatically it's going to happen. You've got to be intentional. 
someone, my wife told me of someone that they were going to stay home last night and they were going to journal and they were going to, they were going to uh, journal about where they've been in life and about where they're going to go. And I believe that's part of being intentional is being, um, um, taking that time to really evaluate and really begin to write down and begin to, to declare the promises of God over your life. You see, um, we have to remember God is faithful and true to his promises. And, you know, change doesn't automatically happen. But we do thank God for the calendar changing because it does afford us. I said it affords us an opportunity. If we're intentional about our lives and about our church, you see, we need to have some action steps to be intentional. Here at Victory, we are intentional at the beginning of a new year to set aside a time of prayer and fasting. You see, it's a time to set some New Year's goals, some resolutions, but to back it up and to bathe it in prayer and fasting. You see, what is the power of the Christian life? It's the Holy Spirit. But you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. So for the Christian, for you and I, to make New Year's resolutions, uh, statistics show that in the first couple of weeks, a majority of people already break their New Year's resolutions. That's just the reality of it. But we as children of God, we have the Holy Spirit behind us. I said we have the Holy Spirit behind us, empowering us to walk out those changes. The Bible says if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is passing away, the new is coming. So we have set aside a week, five days, prayer every night. You see, fasting, unfortunately, has become a spiritual habit and in, 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 in decline in a lot of places uh, because there's not been a lot of teaching or people are not informed on it. And, and also because it's a very difficult spiritual habit to practice because we like to eat. Isn't that true? The holidays prove that. We like to eat. But fasting in the Hebrew simply meant to cover the mouth. That's the, the Hebrew word, literally transliterated, means to cover the mouth. Amen. Isn't that a good word for, some, for all of us? <laughs> the New Testament word, the Greek word, is to abstain from food. Fasting and prayer has, has, has come alive in, in the last 20, 30 years in this country, I believe. Many major churches and ministries have given an, a renewed emphasis on the subject. The Bible talks a lot about fasting and prayer in terms that are not optional, but are something that God expects. Jesus said, when you pray, he didn't say if. He says, when you give, he didn't say if. He says, when you fast, he didn't say if. You see, fasting is abstaining from food for spiritual purposes. Fasting is a spiritual discipline, a habit practiced by God's people throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Fasting is a powerful weapon. Um, this Wednesday night, I want to encourage as many of you, if you don't go to life groups, maybe this might be a good, good thing to start in the new year. If you don't bring your children, young people to youth, this is a great opportunity to expose them to worship and the teaching of the word that will change their lives. And so I want to encourage you 
that this Wednesday night I'm going to be doing a teaching and have question and answer about prayer and fasting. Some of you don't know too much about it. Some of you uh, maybe haven't practiced it. So this would be a good opportunity to prepare the church so that we can be effective in our prayer and fasting. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you right now to take the communion cup that is at your seat. Praise the Lord. We're going to partake this morning. You see, Genesis 8.22 was a covenant that God made with his people. What we hold in our hand is evidence of a covenant that Almighty God made with humankind, with all of mankind. This morning, we are standing here and we are honoring that covenant. We are saying that we believe that Jesus died for our sins, that he shed his blood, that there is forgiveness this morning, there's wholeness today, and we are coming into agreement with that. I want to just pray over this in conclusion to my message that, that your season, your times and your seasons are in God's hands, and he will make beautiful everything in his timing. That means your life and my life. What what we, ex what we shared, Pastor Lisa and myself, about God, things God has done in our lives and visions and dreams and all of that, we want you to understand it's been a long season. It's been many seasons of waiting and even of heartbreak and brokenness. But you know what? The way God has fashioned things or the way God does things, out of brokenness comes breakthrough. Yes. Out of brokenness comes blessing. So don't think that your suffering or your pain is a waste. God has a purpose for it. God is doing something in your life. And God will bring things to pass in your life that are beyond your expectations. And I believe that and I declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we do thank you today for these emblems. We do thank you for the broken body of Jesus and his shed blood that gives us the victory. We thank you for the victory that is ours through Christ and through his cross. Father God, today I bring everyone to you in this place that is partaking in a part of this communion time. God, I pray a blessing over them. God, I pray, oh Lord, a healing over them. God, we remember those that are grieving here this morning. God, we remember our brother David Giles. God, at the unexpected passing of his brother in, in, in Maryland, God. And God, we remember, God, even Renee at the passing of her uncle, God. Father God, we, we just pray for comfort for them. God, we once again remember our brother Joe Zoda, who I'm sure is watching by live stream in need of a healing touch. God, we know you're a healer. God, we cannot heal anyone, but God, you can heal. You can deliver. You can make whole, and we just commit him into your hands, praying and believing for a healing touch today. And Lord, I pray over your people today as we partake. May there be a healing. May there be a grace. May there be an excitement over a season that you are bringing to pass, God. Lord, you, were, you said in your word that he who goes forth bearing seed, precious seed for sowing, even weeping, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. God, I thank you, God, that our seasons of sowing and even weeping will turn into a season of rejoicing and a season of harvest. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's partake of this emblem signifies the broken body of our Savior. In this cup, cup of the new covenant, we are new covenant Christians standing in the righteousness of Christ today. Who can bring a charge against God's elect it is Christ who died, and yea, is risen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Take a moment right now and just, just thank the Lord and give him praise. Express your gratitude to him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to do the announcements and take the offering in a moment, but I'm going to ask you to stand again. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I believe God wants me to speak forth some things this morning. I believe God wants me to declare some things over your life. And I want you to lift your hands and I want you to receive what God has this morning. Come on, in Jesus' name, God wants to, you to delight yourself in Him. And He will give you the desires of your heart. I believe that God is going to make things beautiful in your life. In His timing and in the right season, you're going to reap a harvest. All the tears that you have sown, all the giving, all the consecration, all of what you have done for the sake of God's kingdom and even for this church and for others, God is going to reward you. God is going to bless you. I have never seen the righteous forsaken, nor is seed out begging for bread. You may be down today, but help, help, help is on the way. The enemy might have come in like a flood, but the Spirit of the Lord is going to raise up a standard against the enemy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might have questioned, you might have wondered, when will God do this for me? When will God open a door? When will God bless me? You are going to begin to see this changing in the shifting of seasons. Hallelujah. You are about to go from your winter season into a springtime. Hallelujah. You're about to go in from a springtime into a summer. Hallelujah. And into a harvest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 2023 is going to be your season. It's the set time to favor you. It is the set time for God to give his favor, to put his favor upon you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to take five minutes. I just believe some of you are going to get a breakthrough right now. And what I mean by breakthrough, you're going to, your faith is going to well up so much, you're going to have a confidence in a boy that you know that you know that you know God is going to do what he promised. Come on right now. Take a few moments. Hallelujah. 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 Come on. You're on the verge of a breakthrough this morning. Hallelujah. Come on. Your praise is powerful. Come on. Your praise 
Your praise is a sign, is an indication that you believe the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, things are breaking off of your life. Hallelujah. Things are breaking off of my life. Hallelujah. Come on, some spirits, evil spirits, wicked spirits are breaking off in Jesus' name. Come on, they're breaking off this church. Come on, this church is going to go into a new season. Hallelujah. There's going to be a shifting. Come on, we've sowed seeds. We've loved on our community. We've given to missions. We've gone overseas. We've been a blessing. We've preached His Word. We've prayed. We've fasted. Come on, there's a new season coming. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, come on, don't mind me right now. Hallelujah. I'm about to come into a new season. Hallelujah. 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 The devil tried to stop your harvest. The devil tried to keep you back. The devil tried to get you to give up, but you're here. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, men try to attack you. Come on, they try to take the dreamer and throw throw him into a pit. Come on, they try to see what will come of his dreams. But God, you are in control. Come on, God's going to turn what the devil meant for evil. Come on, he's going to turn it for good. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody get excited this morning. Come on, somebody prophesy today. Come on, somebody declare the good things of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, God's goodness is running after you. Hallelujah. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, come on, declare it. Declare it. Prophesy it. Speak it in the name of Jesus. Come on, shake off that spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something's happening this morning. Come on, I don't know about you, but I need something to happen in the house of God. I need a breakthrough. I need to see God show up. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, press in, press in, press in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Hallelujah. Come on, Lord Jesus. Give us laughter in the house of God. Give us supernatural joy. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our mouth was filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. Come on, fill the mouths. Fill people with singing. We don't want dead religion. We don't want dry sermons. We don't want dry music. We want it alive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 